0: The Shishkin Productions Podcast.
1: Hey,
2: what's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle
1: Real Podcast. What up? It's what? it's
2: a special episode today. 150, baby. We 150. did it. Or as
1: they say in Roman numerals, L C. Something like that? Uh, Sure. I don't know. But either way, we're at 150. We did it. Um, We're coming at you from the uh, Matt H. King Memorial Arena uh, live in Brooklyn, New York. That's true. And we got a very, very special guest. Um, eh, We'll introduce him in a little bit. (laughs) But for now, um, Chris... What's up? I think we have got a really big episode coming up, so I just think we need to get into. It. Or can the people find us? Then we'll uh, we'll really just get
2: started. Sure, we're at Sizzle Real Gang on X and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on X. This yep. is the first time. This is a big moment of uh, the, the show. First time. It's I, 150. You got First time he's ever called it that. That's true. Uh, what else are we? We are Sizzle Real Gang at gmail.com. That's right. We are sizzle gang, the Also cool ass website. Cool website.com. Did you buy cool ass website? Fuck no. Uh, <laughs> I hope no one swooped in. Nah, bro. Let uh, me check. Let me check. While you keep okay. pro, while you keep promo, well, playing. I need you for this next part because, oh, yes. of course, we have the sizzle reel cold line. That's right. That is three, 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 three two, three, 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 forty-three, sixty-one. Matt, Matt, call in, leave a message. Yeah, congratulate,
1: congratulate, Crussy on his hundred and fifty episodes. Oh yeah, I, did, I deserve that. He fucking
2: did it, bro. He's been dragged along
1: <laughs> this, <laughs> this long. I, I I, when this all started, I <laughs>
2: legit, I was like, we're gonna do ten of these, and then we're gonna decide it's not worth it. It's but, easy. It's easy.
1: That's why we do it. You <laughs> know? To, to be
2: to be because we love it, because easy. <laughs> to be fair, I did decide at about nine episodes that it's not worth it. I just kept doing it anyway. No, I decided that earlier than you. Eight episodes, so mm. yeah. the um, competition. What have you been up to, bro? Oh, uh, you know, kind of, kind of the same stuff I was up to last week. Uh, this week, I've been focused on on the chell, the doing the hockey stuff. Yeah, chell uh, is slang for NHL mm-hmm. for those who don't know. Sure. And For the, the uninitiated. It's been great. I, I just got notes back today and they seemed pretty happy overall with the V ones and and I'm I'm pretty happy with that, so I'm I'm hitting those notes. You're you're really doing it, dude. You're
1: going yeah. to he's got he's got Canada status, man. He did I a do. bunch of hockey videos. Yep. And we have to
2: record this early in the week. Yes, old, normally we do be Friday. because um, he's going to fucking Canada tomorrow. I am. I'm driving. Am. I'm driving to Golden Lake, Ontario. He's
1: flying in to Ottawa, then That's jumping on a moose, That's... and then the moose is giving him a ride to the lake. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, but moose <laughs> scare me. I,
0: I'm being spoken to. Should I speak?
1: You can speak if you want, but you're technically not allowed to. But we, but okay. if, you, if you feel you need to, we love a little a little uh, preemptive conversation. Okay, but if you're gonna talk, talking to the mic, don't talk away from the mic. You can move it around too. It's okay. It's not a big deal.
0: No, I feel like I'm a uh, an elderly parent who's <laughs> being the world is being explained to them, but
1: I'm unable to. <laughs> an elderly parent. This dude. Uh, it feels like diving bell and the butterfly. You know here. where I was the other night, and I thought of you. I was at um, Midway. Oh, yeah. What's going the, on over
0: at Midway? The, the bar yeah, with, with pinball machines. Over there. Okay, yeah. No, you're.
1: Yes, actually, yes. Okay, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. I like Midway. Well, good, Chris. I'm glad you're going to Canada. Yeah. That's going to be great. Thanks. Um, I. uh what I've been up to, I stumbled across a pirated Crossy video. Chris, oh, that's true. Chris made we last week on the episode we talked about how Chris's new video that he made mm-hmm. for MLS is so fucking lit. The numbers are going through the roof. That's crazy. And I was on TikTok and I was scrolling, and a pirated version of it came up where someone just like ripped it off YouTube. That's and, how you know when it's good, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And uh, that kind of leads me to the next point
2: here. You know, what was you, the
0: last thing you
1: pirated? Ooh,
0: is that the topic?
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah, I actually. What is last thing? I, I, I don't I even know what last thing I. I downloaded uh, the Born Identity last week, mm. and then I started <laughs> watching it, and I was like, I watched this last year, <laughs> so then I stopped watching it. Last week is when yeah. you or something? Yeah, yeah. I pirate shit all the time, just movies. <laughs> if I can't mm-hmm. find it on a streaming service, and it's not easy, if it's not like yeah. under four dollars to rent, then I'm like, whatever, I don't care. I I, I don't remember last thing I pirated. I, I actually I, I just it a very I long just, time. The, I just yeah, got an IPTV service, which is like basically a gray market. Mm, yeah, I know this. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, listener of the show, Kevin, I think uses that. That sounds like something Kevin he has. Would like, he's,
1: he's, he's like got thousands of channels. He's always showing it off. He's yep, like, yep. That's that's what whatever I got every like Bulgarian channel you need.
2: I was like, I need none of them. Kevin. <laughs> I don't need them. <laughs> but thank you. You know? That's pretty nice, though. I've been able to watch uh, just about any sports uh, game that i want to i gotta uh, say even even like the regional S- channels sizzler kevin he
1: actually is the one person mm-hmm. i know in this world who has like more yeah you know, i know our guest who will introduce in a bit has a like his very proud of the plex server mm-hmm. right oh yes have. yeah but kevin i think has got you beat bro
0: yeah well i i actually i i sunsetted my Plex wow. Server. Yeah, wow!
1: Yeah, did you just not pay for it? You had like a lot of bills piling up, and no, too many people. Did you use Media Shuttle
2: for it.
0: Too many people <laughs> had uh, had um, the login, or had 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 the login for it, and people just kept coming to me like I was expected to be <laughs> the milkman uh, with any piece of media ever. <laughs> To the point that like people would hit me up, they're like, "Hey man, do you have Barbie?" And it's like it came out two days ago. No, like I'm, I'm not Yo. like the bootleg guy on like your corner who like <laughs> you, you can ask if they.
1: Hey, do you have? Uh... He's wearing like an overcoat. <laughs> like, you... I got Barbie. I got Oppenheimer. Do you have Blue Beetle yet? That's not out <laughs> yet. No. You got the leaks. You got all the leaks, bro. Um, yeah, so uh, Chris, you got IPTV. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty lit. Yeah. Um, That's I don't right remember what so the last far. thing I pirated was. Either way, here's the thing. I saw. A version I thought you were of, Man of the People. I saw a version of Chris's uh fucking video pirated, mm-hmm. and that brings me to my to my next point. So we we've done this video now mm-hmm. multiple years. Uh, it's around the MLS All Star Game. Mm-hmm. The one I did last year, absolutely crushed. Mm-hmm. 1.7 million on yep. YouTube. Insane, Chris. In six days, the counter for his video is only eight hundred twenty-seven thousand. Wow. So he is not gonna.
2: I'm already halfway there. In no, yeah, just no, about. You're just
1: not about. You're not halfway there. You're not at all. Well, you're like ten thousand off.
0: Are are we only counting like YouTube views, or are we also counting? The I think? pirated stuff. No.
1: Yeah, wow. I think you got to do some of that. No, no. We also, can't did because the... cause you couldn't pirate mine. But did the, MLS... No, did the MLS. No, the MLS. You can pirate that. Yeah.
0: Did MLS put it up on their? TikTok and their other social handles.
1: No one knows, honestly. It's, I it's have no idea. Weird. I know it's... I, <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> it's
2: definitely on YouTube, though. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, it's, it, look, it's doing pretty well. I'm not going to lie. However, I really do foresee a swift fall off, and it will not catch up to my 1.7 million. Do not go on YouTube and type in MLS Ref Cam. Uh, don't give him any more views. He doesn't need them, bro. His, his head's too big. He barely got in the fucking room today. Oh, my <laughs> barely God. Barely got through the door. Uh, I want to welcome our you, guest. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, do you know where the views on your video were, though, at the same comparable time? No, he does uh, mine not. Went to, mine,
1: mine skyrocketed immediately. I was in a million in a day, yeah. I think. And that's not no? no? Well, that's because you
0: plugged it on this podcast.
1: It's true. Chris hasn't <laughs> done that <laughs> That's what happens. That's weird. We've been plugging this now for like three weeks, and it still hasn't gotten... Well, it was only up six days ago. Yeah, right. Actually. Come on, bro. Um, Whatever. Look, let me introduce the fucking guest, all right? We got the one and only, the high-flying... Right off the top rope. Oh. coming at you with the elbow drop. <laughs> yeah. He is suplexing uh, into he our was lives. The guest, suplexing into our lives. He was the guest on the second most listened to episode of Sizzle Reel. Really? Oh, yeah. 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 It's uh, the one and only The Extraordinary. Brian Maxwell, man. Thank you. Who hey, was, not the inventor of Power Bar. Nope. <laughs> no,
0: no. Uh, thank you for having me back. Who was number, was it the uh, the episode we had uh, Jeff Bezos on? Was that number one? Yeah, we had to delete that one. Oh, okay. We got sued. Um, well, you had that Long Island serial killer, but yes. you had, a, oh, yeah, you had yeah. him three, three weeks before well, the, right. the news well, came well,
2: out. That's the thing is he yeah. actually, he lived a block away from uh, yeah. my girlfriend's brother. Right. So.
0: Well, and people don't talk enough about well. his his uh, his Da Vinci tutorial videos
1: on, on YouTube. That's why, that's why <laughs> you knows. had him on. I, I don't even disrespect. <laughs> Is so beyond me. What, what is this? This the is a real Beach guy, yeah. I remember you saying something about it, but yeah. what well, he's that he does, he did. You no, know, I was just, just yeah. trying to <laughs> just say why? Why? He, he would be on you your taught show. Me how to color, geez, <laughs> Louise. Um, crossy what's up, bro? Bro, what,
2: how do you feel about 150 and Brian coming back on the show? Mm. Uh, I think it's great. I, I don't think there's a better guest that we could have booked, honestly. Like, I mean, because like you said, he had the second. I like that caveat. There's not a better guest. We could have booked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Because <laughs> um, I'm assuming that the number one most listened to was the IATSE one. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. That, mm. Where we had no idea what we were talking about. It really, was, It
1: was when IATSE were like about yeah. to go on strike and we were just like we just started bullshitting about it. And yeah. Then the next week, we did a bunch of research and actually brought like a lot of great salient mm. points to the table. Yeah. That one flopped. Yeah. But no the one, one where we didn't know one. what was happening is our
2: most listened episode. So hey, yeah. it checks out. It makes sense. It, it's, that's it's fine. There's a reason that we didn't gain any listeners from that episode. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> did we, we did. We gained a lot 1.7 million.
1: Wow. It's the uh, same as the ref camp. Brian, what have you been up to, bro? Since, oh, uh, okay. since your last appearance?
0: Uh, Yeah. When was my last appearance?
1: I don't really plan it that far. No. Okay. Oh, so well,
0: I think the last time I was here, I was plugging that that wrestling, wrestling video, things. which it, it did good views. Uh, I mean, it, it it did about one and a half ref cams, if I have to
1: say.
0: We got beat. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, that that was a, a fun little uh, you know video that I did out there. But no, since then I've been working um, with First We Feast. I'm pretty sure that had started last time I was here. But I'm executive producer uh, for them now, overseeing production across uh, all of their original content, which is um, probably a lot of work and very stressful. Uh, yeah, house. yeah, kind of. It's great. It's like. Uh, uh, doing all the things that uh, I don't like doing. <laughs> so that there you go. <laughs> In In this wouldn't industry. Be a,
1: if if it wasn't if it wasn't like that, it wouldn't be a job. Exactly. You
0: know? um, but no, it's uh, it's so rewarding. We have such a great team. Uh, you know, every day is a a new fire to put out, but um Never, that, never boring. Which have is you great. been
1: affected at all by the writer strike or SAG strike or anything? <laughs> Not directly,
0: but it's definitely impacted um, our ability to book talent. That's right. Oh, yeah. They can't promo right. They can't Peru. they can't promote uh, their their stuff, which is, um, you know, obviously I understand why the the guilds are are doing that. It, it sort of makes uh, studios feel their absence a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, but I do also, you know, uh, I won't obviously name names, but like. There are actors who are upset that they put all this work into these projects, and now they can't go out and promote it. Um, you know, they've worked for years, maybe on these projects, and yeah. they want to be out there. They want to be selling them. They want to make sure that people see their work, um, and they can't. They're not allowed to post about it. They're not allowed to. You know, it's a. For for that regard, I I do feel. Um, you no, know, I, again, I understand why the why the guild is making the decision that they have, but I do feel really bad for some of the uh, the yeah, individual they're, they're, members. Yeah. The, the timing, the
2: timing sucks. Yeah, me, me right. and Alexi kind of had a back and forth about this a few weeks ago because mm-hmm. I, I thought the same thing. Like, I, I understand why the guild makes that a requirement, mm-hmm. but my thought is, if this entire production was done under the old CBA, yeah. and everything was above board, then why shouldn't they be able? to to promote the things that they worked on while they were under that contract there's never a good
1: time to to halt it right. you know what i mean if you were to halt promo instead of halting it in july on july 14th or mm-hmm. whenever they did say you were oh we're, we're gonna halt it september 1st well then all the films coming out then right. would be pissed like it, there's never a good time you just need to fucking pull the band-aid off i'm yeah i'm cool with with them halting promo i think it's it's fine well you so a big I mean?
0: thing that that we saw was actually in the couple weeks before the strike started there was this big rush where a lot of movies all did their junkets like yeah. literally out in, in LA
1: well that's what they were saying that's yeah. that's the, what came out i think was that they were like the AMPTP were like oh let's negotiate like let's buy us mm-hmm. one more week and that week wasn't really to negotiate that week was yeah. to it was just cram promo in, cram in there, promo
0: there was uh you know i won't say you know what it was but we had a shoot where it was a f- shot at a junket in LA and literally almost every single hotel room in the like in this building was booked because like four different movies were doing their junkets at yeah. the same time That's
1: uh at, at this hotel which um, well, also I don't you know I don't blame them I mean if they knew they're like okay this thing is coming yeah let's get in all our, right. all, all the assets we need or I right mean
0: on. I'll I'll also say like and not to make this too much of like a, a strike podcast. Uh, oh, don't but oh, listen. We're, if we're about
1: to to get. Into if your that. previous
0: one was your 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 highest uh, rated uh, episode, um, I do. The people that I feel you know that I feel really badly for in all of this are the people that are kind of like downwind of all of this. Yeah. Um, you know, there's people that work on shows that went on hiatus as soon as this started. That. Are not going to get a pay increase Mm -hmm. when this is all sorted out. They're not going to get back pay. Um, You know, uh, during the last strike, uh, Conan was great in that he continued to pay his entire staff. um, But that's not happening with Mm -hmm. some other some other shows or some other uh, programs that are you know currently on hiatus. So those are the people that I that I do feel I feel bad for. And again, that's not me like pointing blame. Like, well, who can we, you know who's who, who can we you know get get angry about for that yeah. but there are a lot of people downwind of all of this um that are feeling the impact that won't have anything coming to them on the back end yeah um,
1: i mean it's been tough for us too because we were supposed to have kevin hart on yeah that, <laughs> for 150 <laughs> so that's you know i'm sorry should yeah it, not to compare I mean, you guys right. uh, kevin hart will go on any fucking show let's be real we i, I he was supposed to come on that he was wanted gonna be to my promote, surprise for 150 but he said he couldn't do it Damn. he wanted to promote heart to heart and he's just not allowed to yeah. under these current conditions the uh the microphone won't go that low. So he couldn't, Ooh, he, couldn't uh, he couldn't get to it. No, it's just because of the strike, so he didn't want to come on. Mm-hmm, so okay. we got Brian. Um you said you did not want to make this a strike podcast. Well So we my won't. Man, <laughs> I don't know if you've been listening for the last month. Because oh, I think we've basically been it's been
2: <laughs> That's all we got right W G
1: A strike, it's been Sag strike, yeah, for like the last like six episodes. Oh well
0: uh and today, <laughs> nothing, I, nothing I say is the uh, opinion of my employer or anything like that. Of course, of dude, course.
1: don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No one listens. Uh, South Korea police mm-hmm. allege box office manipulation on 320 plus local films. That is what is happening right now, like in South locally
0: Korea. produced in South Korea.
1: Uh yeah it, they basically have taken uh people officials from theater chains mm-hmm. and film distributors and they've referred them without detention to the prosecutor on charges of obstruction of mm-hmm. business uh, that's what is being reported at least so they're basically they were inflating the numbers they were yeah. saying a lot of people were coming to the theaters uh and then they kind of audited all their numbers mm-hmm. and we're like wait this is not true at all and yeah. now uh, all of
2: these theater chains and distributors are. Kind of in in, in hot water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ticket sales for at least three hundred and twenty three movies screened in the market uh, from twenty eighteen to this year. Uh, Damn, five years! I didn't realize it was a five year long audit. Holy yeah, shit. resulted in two point six seven million overcounted viewers. Mm-hmm. So they just made up nearly three million people. I feel like gotcha. three million views. I wonder
1: how much of that. Well, probably a ton of that mm-hmm. happening all over the internet. But I wonder how much of that happens in a. In the U.S. in the studio well, system,
0: that's thing I don't know. Obviously, <laughs> much about um, you know the, the South Korean uh, tax system or finances or anything like that. Maybe there, but I could see if there were benefits to them over exaggerating. You know yeah. what, what their business was. I mean that that is the thing about ticket sales. If you're willing to lie about it, um, it's not a finite inventory. You can't, like, you can't prove or not prove that someone sat in a seat, yeah. you know, three weeks ago. Um, I do think, um, you know, if we just want to kind of open this up to even talk about, like, domestic box office. Mm. Um, this is kind of related, but it's it's one of my little uh, pet peeves is whenever we see these headlines that are, like, X box office record broken or right, whatever, and it's right, like, right. Yeah. can we please acknowledge that, like, inflation exists and that we've yeah. like the price of a ticket costs more it's yeah. like barbie a movie that i loved and i saw it two times i'm not saying anything negative about barbie mm-hmm. i just today saw uh, a headline that it has now surpassed the dark, dark Knight. Night. as the the highest grossing warner brothers film domestically um it took the dark Knight like five months to do that mm-hmm. not not as many like can we please start talking about number of tickets sold yeah, that, yeah, that's well, a
1: much better match because when
0: you factor in inflation and adjusted ticket price, it's like it's still Star Wars. It's still like gone with the wind. Like no one, no one has sold as many tickets as the, like yeah. those movies that were legitimate phenomena. I, I
1: think by by using like. Money as the metric, yeah, it makes it seem it's more like, impressive. yeah, shit yeah. is getting better and better well, it, all the it, it's, time. It's, when it's in like, reality, it's like, like you said, nothing's. It's beating. like in yeah. sports
2: where every year someone signs the largest contract ever. Well, yeah, because the yeah. salary cap rises every mm-hmm. year, yeah. and they're they're taking up like equal proportions of yeah. the salary cap, but the actual number is gigantic.
0: I I, I always remember when Oceans Eight came out. Oh and God, they, they Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone's favorite one in the series. Yeah, but there's this headline that I saw. It's like. Highest opening for the for the franchise ever. It's like a new a new fresh start. But then when you factor in like not only its total gross but also like inflation, it's like it had the lowest opening. Yeah, of yeah. all of them. <laughs> so also it's like had
2: terrible reviews. It had
0: terrible reviews. It's not a very good movie. But that's the that's the part where I really would love some sort of like can we put some context to this? Yeah. Like yeah, we can say like oh this was. Oh, this was Nolan's biggest opening ever, and it's like, okay, well, what was the price of a ticket when Dark Knight came out? Because that's the only thing. Not only has there been inflation, but movie ticket prices have also risen at a at a larger rate than inflation because all these movies expensive as it used to be. Exactly, all these movie chains are like trying to make up for the uh, the dip in
2: attendance. It it says, uh, uh, I guess like some of the things that they were doing were, uh. Uh, they were like doing ghost screenings. Yeah. Uh, they were just buying large they quantities were of tickets. Scary. Scary. Yeah. There ghosts They're, everywhere. They were just buying like tons of tickets oh. for these late night uh, showings of the movies, and just just holding ghost screenings so for, they were, for they were, nobody. They were, they were buying their own. Tickets. They were doing so. They were doing the sound of freedom thing. Before oh, oh, Sound of is, Freedom, oh yeah, is dead. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Uh, basically, there was this big controversy with the Sound yeah. of Freedom film, where a, a, a lot of the propon- proponents of yeah. the movie thought that the 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 theaters were trying not to show it, yeah, uh, by buying all the tickets so that nobody who wanted to see it could purchase tickets. But apparently, as part of the the, the way they were trying to promote the movie is they were telling these patriots to buy extra tickets for it so that they can give yep. those tickets to more people and get more eyes on this this eye-opening movie. So
1: they were also inflating their numbers well, sort in a way of, by but doing that.
0: It's, it's just like It's this kind of like Weird. I don't know. It's like it, it's a, Q on, a QAnon movie. But yeah. it's at the end of the movie. <sighs> what? <laughs> it's yeah. a Q and, It's all about like child trafficking and stuff. But at the yeah. end of the movie, uh, it ends with the star Jim Caviezel literally telling you to go to this website and buy tickets so that other people can see it. Oh, wow. So... I was actually listening to this other part, and it's like, it, how, how can, like, other films learn from this? Because a lot of movies will end with, like, an infographic or, like, if you want to make it, like,
1: yeah, but sure. you
0: rarely see a movie that's like, go to this website and buy a ticket for someone else it, to see this. Yeah, yeah well, that, that's just like, yeah. Warner but, Brothers should have done that for The Flash.
2: Something, <laughs> I think something was lost in translation where people would just buy the tickets and they thought that someone else would magically get them. Right. But that's okay. not how it worked. They yeah, were just yeah. buying the tickets and those yeah. seats were staying empty because no, no one else had a way to get those tickets.
0: But also the art the audience for that film also thinks they are constantly being slighted and yes. persecuted yeah. and they yeah. they perceive any anything in the world only exists to Personally, attack this. Yeah, they did it to
2: themselves, and then found a conspiracy yeah. inside of it. So because that's how their brains work. You'll go yeah. like
0: on TikTok, and they'll be like, "My theater was too hot because they don't want people in there. My theater is too cold because yeah. they're trying to make people leave. It says it's sold out, but no one's in there."
1: <laughs>
2: it's that's wild. So, that's so absurd. But, but so, so this to me, like, I I need to know. I I'm pretty stupid, so I need to mm-hmm. have this South Korean inflated box office thing explained to me better in terms of like what it's who it's actually affecting and in what ways because to me this sounds like when uh a a sports team that's not doing too well will buy all their their unsold tickets and like claim that it's a sellout Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. okay they can do that who's it really hurting yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's an excellent question.
1: I don't really know. I just I put it on the rundown yeah. because I thought I'd never heard of something like this before. I was like That's interesting. Why it would depends you pump on who you your would... own numbers, but maybe yeah. it's just to get better press. I, I mean it yeah. depends on yeah. who you're
0: doing it for. I could see if on one hand I mean so often there uh you know the industry wants to uh downplay how much a film made in terms of how they much have to pay out residuals and all this things. Uh, exactly. But I could see over there being like if it's for their stock market that they want to say Oh my goodness! Like, don't be worried. Theater isn't a dying business. Look how many tickets we're still selling. So yeah, they not true. Because as soon as like the stock market labels your industry as like trending downward, that can like that's true. Well, long term, so I could see if
2: they did totally it to, like fraud. Yeah, I guess.
1: So here, a, yeah. this is kind of the big tie back to the strike here. So the reason I put this article on is because you know we all think of South Korean film as like a really you know, uh, it's heralded, it's illustrious, it's, it's, it's beautiful, it's cool, they're geniuses, they make amazing movies It's a very exciting market, but yeah. Here's the thing. They're actually also about to, they're going through Mm -hmm. directors and actors both pushing for a potential strike coming up there. And, uh, this Hollywood Reporter article kind of details like how, just how, you know, fucked up some of the, uh, the contracts that exist there and the copyrights acts that exist there. Let me uh, read from there. They're calling for revisions to the existing Copyright Act, which dictates that all intellectual property and profits from video content mm-hmm. belong solely to service providers and do not have to be shared with the individual professionals who participated in the creation. What? How insane is that? The, that, law, the law also denies. That is free, shameless. The law also denies freelance directors and screenwriters from the right to strike and engage in collective bargaining. So there is a mm-hmm. law that's just like that's the law right yeah. now.
0: Well, I mean, it is also important. To remember the uh, The South Korean film industry is relatively young. Right. Like, um, very few countries have a entertainment industry as old as ours. Totally. A hundred percent. So that's like, that's also a big thing to, to remember.
1: They, um, but that, that's, what's interesting is that like, you know, th- right now I think we're about to see like, you know, potentially mm-hmm. a huge, you know, flashbulb or whatever moment in South Korean film. Mm-hmm. It's going to be insane. Like if, if ever, I mean, when I read that, I was like, this is really crazy. I mm-hmm. mean, and there's, you know, some of the directors are saying, like one one was quoted saying, our demands are very basic at the moment. We're not asking for a large amount of money. We just want to start the discussion about the system and create acceptable guidelines mm-hmm. within the industry. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. I mean,
2: well, apparently the creator and director of Squid Game has not received yeah. any residuals at all. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's wild to me.
0: Well, and that's a big thing that uh, plays into Netflix and their strategy is they want to push more international programming that can be made for
2: far less money
0: yes. than it's made in this
2: country. They can take advantage of, mm-hmm. of people much easier.
0: And this is this is the kind of tough kind of central sticking point to a lot of these discussions um, around the strike. And if you kind of step back and sort of see it from all angles is that um a lot of this content, a lot of this uh, programming, is on the decline in terms of popularity and in terms of profitability. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, the costs to create them are going up, and that's where, like, I think it's very easy to say, like, "Oh, look what, look how much money Bob Iger makes." That that's ignoring a lot of other factors. Like, we are at a point where I think that premium produced content is kind of on the endangered species list, and these providers don't need more. Reasons to not make it, yeah. um, and that that that's a that's a concerning situation. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I want this strike to be resolved. I want people to get what is fair to them. Um, but it is a very complicated situation.
1: Yeah. Um, Either way, I'm curious to see like what ends up happening over there because I think you know the more workers that band together and the more workers that you know uh, strike and, and and appeal for. Yeah for the greater cause, uh, the, the better it is for everybody. And it's, it's really interesting because as I was researching this, I actually found an article from this past June, mm-hmm. which now comes off in a totally different light. But Ted Sarandos went to Korea and mm-hmm. was like speaking at some uh, conference or something. And uh, he was just like talking about how amazing, like the viewership has been in Korea and how like, you know, he talked about the power of Korean storytelling. He said, mm-hmm. who would have guessed that a TV show made in Korea for Koreans would cause a craze for green track suits in America or push mm-hmm. sales of van sneakers up nearly 8,000% when released on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The power of Korean storytelling. And now you're like, oh, wait a second. Like, this has a whole different yeah. ring to it mm-hmm. now because I know that no one was paid fairly or mm-hmm. maybe they were paid fairly but that they don't get right. a share of this like massive success. Is well,
0: and, and so that's weird. a big um, you know, that's a big issue that we're seeing um, with Netflix and why they're so far ahead of Pretty much any of our domestic streamers, and will probably stay that way, is that they have become a global brand that is able to make programming centralized in a lot of ne- in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Disney, as big as Disney is to us. Um, they don't really have native brands in other countries like all, other right. countries love, you know, they love Disney, they love Marvel, they love Star Wars, but they don't have like any there's not or, like
1: Disney India or right. Disney there's Italy. nothing specifically
0: yeah. that was originated and produced in that country mm-hmm. that connects. And then they like export to, to like they export it here that right. doesn't happen like yeah. like Disney plus doesn't have like French shows that were produced in France and then yeah. like become a hit in America like like Lupin was or other things like that mm. so it's just it's a completely different marketplace, and it's kind of it's so weird to look at it this way and just kind of what capitalism does, but the way that we lost so many like American jobs for mm-hmm. example, in so many sectors because they got ship like sent overseas and all and x y mm-hmm. and everything you want to say and just the kind of the some of the negative downside uh to being a you know a global connected world unfortunately we're seeing that same thing happening with art and with entertainment yeah that again i want everyone who's striking to get what they deserve in all this stuff but a company like netflix can say in you know maybe they're saying it now maybe they say it in five to ten years okay cool we just won't make anything produced with sag because we don't have to we don't need you we can make things outside of your
1: union i mean that's why i'm i'm a bit concerned because like i was talking to a friend of mine who is is in wga Mm -hmm. and he was like i don't know man i have a feeling that like you know we're like by now they're going to start feeling the heat in the next few months Mm -hmm. because like I don't know, they're going to have to start planning for 2024 and, like, mm-hmm. things are already getting thrown off and all that. When you say they feel the heat, do you mean writers or, or no, the, no, the, the studios? studios yeah, I mean. the producers and stuff. Uh, and I was just like, bro, I don't... I really don't... I don't know. I'm not, like, in that world. But to me, it just seems like it, it's not looking good right now for yeah. for, for writers. I, I, I think that, like, there's plenty of content and there's mm-hmm. plenty of alternate ways to make stuff where... Uh, you know, I think the only thing that keeps mm-hmm. uh, the the fight afloat for WGA and SAG is straight up star power from mm-hmm. the actors.
0: Well, I think another thing that doesn't kind of get discussed enough here is the the members of the AMPTP. Is that it? I think I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I got it right. right. Yeah. Good. Um, it's so many letters all near each other. Um, mm-hmm. That kind of like
1: fucking words, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just letters all near it's each like other. It's like a here. word, but it's not a word. It's, it's an initialism. Um, yeah.
0: Is that? Uh, I think there's this feeling that like we forget that that is also a union of types of that like it is a lot of different people who also need to agree. And I don't think everyone on that side of the fence is in agreement. I yeah. think that what Netflix wants is very different than what the other companies want. I would not be surprised if we start to see a situation where these companies start to peel off and make their own deals, yeah. which they can do. I mean, that's why these independent companies
1: have been given
0: uh, waivers. Yeah, a lot, because
1: uh, you got to make like some rice and peel off like A24. <laughs> A24 got yeah. some waivers. You but know. the
0: thing is with A24 and a lot of these independent companies is that the real sticking points don't really apply to them. A mm-hmm. big issue here is like transparency around streaming data. Mm-hmm. A24 does not have a streaming network. They don't need to worry about that. A24 all they have to worry about is that when they license their property to a streamer or you know goes to theaters right. that they just sh- share the profits of that with the people that are owed residuals that's very easy that's very cut and dry like yeah. they can agree to the very basic things of like okay we'll like increase lunch break we'll like yeah. minimum payments go up okay fine that no one's really haggling over those things yeah it comes down to like these some of these ai protections it comes yeah. down to st- uh, streaming transparency mm-hmm. These independent, they, they can agree that that's not really hitting them. But I could see Netflix, like, tanking multiple deals because they don't want to budge on those things. And I think any company that has their own streaming service, that's really what's going to hold this thing up, is they don't want to budge on those things.
1: I think that's kind of, uh, it just sucks that we got to this point where, like, there's only a few key players. Mm-hmm. Because the fact that there's not, like, a robust competitive yeah. Environment and like ecosystem, that's the reason yeah. that they actually have. Yeah, it goes without saying, but that's the reason they have so much power. because yeah, it's, it's like late like, stage
2: capital. I mean, there's yeah. only like three. Yeah, the or four with just fucking, a handful of companies.
0: Well, yeah. and I I was listening to this um to this podcast. Uh, it the town. It's a great podcast. Everyone is. Is Damn. interested, especially. Well, isn't, it's, it, isn't that
1: the movie Ben Affleck? Yeah, or yeah. Something? They just read
0: the script every week. No, it's um, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, you know, it's kind of an insider Hollywood business, you know, show business podcast. But uh, obviously, they've been talking a lot about the strike lately. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's interesting around transparency is that everyone obviously thinks of like oh, wait, like, you're not accurately reporting what your numbers are. How do we know how to divvy up the profits after this? Like, you're saying that, like, Wednesday was watched by all these people. Then you're also saying, like, it didn't make a profit. And, like, there's that. Sure. However, this one person they had on recently, this reporter, was saying that, like, based off his conversation with, like, a lot of agents, is that, okay, yes, we don't know how big of a hit things are. But that also means that if something's a flop, no one knows. Right. So that actually kind of benefits creators. Like the whole the whole thing with when you make a a show or whatever for these you know streamers is that they they give you a buyout. You get pretty much all the money you would get if you got renewed upfront. That's why people like working with it. However, that means if your show becomes a hit, you don't get anything from that in the back end. Yeah. However, there are people who make shows for Netflix that like twenty thousand people watch. It's It's actually pretty good if you're the creator of that show for people not to know that only 20,000 people watched it and you got all your money up front. So this transparency, like... There's kind of a downside to it uh, as well if things become yeah. fully transparent.
1: I don't know. I think it should still be fully transparent, though. Yeah, like, it I should just so. be like, mm-hmm. no, if, I agree. If, I agree, if yeah. your shit flops, your shit flops, and then at, you don't make any extra at money at from then it. Then but if your shit pops off, you should be getting residuals. Right. Like, right at least then it's residuals. a meritocracy. Yeah. Well, I, and I think that's what Netflix
0: ultimately is very afraid of is having to report the flops, having to report exactly how many people are using their service, yeah. uh, having to report what investments don't pay off because that also reflects badly on your corporate leadership.
2: Right?
1: If
0: right. they could say like, oh, well you spent X number amount on all of these projects and look how much it did or didn't make. Like in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you can know, oh wow, The Flash, they spent like $500 million and this thing only made 200. Like yep. you, you know what the numbers are. It isn't just like, well, like think about The Rock, right? No one saw Black Adam. It was a massive flop. However, I would bet that as many people watched Red Notice as watched Black Adam, but we don't know how many people did or did not
1: watch Red Notice. I mean, uh, to me, there is... I I see where you're coming from. I don't think there's any argument against transparency. I think, like, the metrics should just all be out there. That's just how it is. And, you know, I don't think they should be the barometer for, like, whether things Mm -hmm. are considered good or bad. But, like... I agree I think everything
0: I think everything should be transparent uh everyone should see however a lot of people benefit from it not including including the actors and writers and I don't think they always acknowledge that
2: yeah I feel like with with a lot of that stuff though is like you don't know the exact numbers but Mm. you know which shows are successful and which ones aren't like you you, can kind of you know which ones got renewed and which ones didn't
0: you can kind of you can kind of know but like you know what What would it mean if we all knew, like, oh, yeah, no one watched the last five Adam Sandler movies? Yeah. It's actually kind of good that if, for him, that people don't know that.
1: Just because a thing keeps getting made doesn't mean people are listening. You know? It's Uh, kind of like (laughs) Scissorine. AMPTP. We're we're transparent with our numbers. We are. We are. AMPTP. Email us. We'll tell you what they are. Uh, (laughs) ScissorineRegang at gmail.com. AMPTP.com are back at the table at WGA. R- last week when we recorded, they had just sat down. We sat down mm-hmm. here to chat. They sat down in LA to chat. Um, and uh, apparently... Uh, Did they Skype still, in? They Skyped in okay, for a little yeah, bit. They yeah. just they watched us do the, the show. Okay. But um, apparently nothing is really happening. Uh, from this Variety article, multiple studio sources had been optimistic that the latest offer would mark a breakthrough in talks. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, WGA negotiators said you know there is no deal at hand Mm -hmm. don't like don't listen to anyone but you know the WGA negotiator.
0: some people's uh, you know playing a little conspiracy theorist here is that the studios
1: leaked that in
0: advance to make themselves it's like Uh, oh they're the unreasonable ones 100% 100%, 100%. absolutely.
1: Uh, Ellen Stutzman is the chief negotiator for WGA NBA so she's uh, out here you know Mm -hmm. leading all that. And it was funny, uh, in this variety article, they put a, a link to a tweet from this, uh, I guess, this other, this writer, John Rogers. Uh, he wrote, <laughs> this is the funniest mm-hmm. fucking tweet I've ever read because it's just so bizarre. He wrote, <clears throat> Until Ellen Stutzman descends from the heavens, Mm -hmm. radiant in her puissance, or alternatively rises from her dark domain, her dread command manifest upon her brow, depending which raiment of power she Mm -hmm. had donned that day, and tells you there is a deal, do not believe it. And it's just like, bro... What the fuck did you just write? What does that even mean? I don't know half those words, and that's why people don't like writers, you know? Uh, yeah, you see that, you're, and you're like, like ah, you know, you're like I get why you, I get why there's no deal. It's because like how are you supposed to understand what, what the fuck that even means? Yeah, I, let's, I, it, let's have I, many rooms. Let's have as many I'm as not, few of these people in a room as possible.
2: I, I'm not even sure if he used it properly because so there, the the main entry for it is a competitive test of a horse's ability to jump large obstacles in show jumping, and then the second one. Says archaic, literary, and its great power, mm-hmm. influencer prowess. He's talking like, about puissance. Puissance. Yeah, it's like you're just barely using that. Like you don't use archaic words in in a modern debate. It, it sounds like, like it
1: sounds like a person with dyslexia trying to pronounce Florence Pugh.
2: <laughs> Listen, if, if the Thoris
1: Floor, if the Thoris dot com became a paid service, I yeah, think <laughs> they've got. He's got his brand deal. The John Rogers. The, TheSaurus.com mm-hmm. brand deal. Last thing I'll touch on before yeah. we get to the main real chunk of the show, the how we're celebrating one fifty. Oh wow! Yeah, that's what we we got to celebrate. Is it isn't me just uh, pontificating? <laughs> pontificating about uh, the strike. Leonard, I mean, that's how I'd like to celebrate. Is is let Brian do all the work. <laughs> He's already doing it. Bradley Cooper is uh, making a movie, obviously called yep. Maestro no, about Lenny Bernstein, a, Leonard Bernstein, Leonard Bernstein, Tequila Bernstein, Bernstein something uh, something leonard bernstein right mm-hmm. i would say stein leonard bernstein's children defend bradley cooper's prosthetic nose yeah. and maestro because everyone uh was a lot of people were like saying hey this is unbelievable that he put on a prosthetic nose like this is an inauthentic portrayal mm-hmm. of jewish people some people are calling it jew face and quotes and they said hey our dad would have been fine with this mm-hmm. like they, i mean they were, they were like bradley cooper has been like consulting us every step yeah. of the way like we're making an issue out of nothing so is, is that shout what he out to like? lenny like, bernstein's did kids he,
2: did his nose look like that yeah well then mm-hmm.
1: i don't see the issue right no it's uh yeah exactly it's uh it's a non-story story, and it's got about probably like eight hundred words written. Yeah, here, which is that's a you know slow news day over a Variety. Um, all right, right. if you knew this, people like to get mad about everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, no comments though. There was no comment section when I looked at it. Maybe I looked at it
2: right when it posted. Or I feel
0: like they've gotten rid of comment sections on most most websites. Yeah. You know, uh, I I will
2: say like um, can to have comments on any any article that says Jew face. It's it's a bad idea. <laughs>
0: I mean, obviously, like, you, you want to be sensitive, but, you know, if, if the family is okay with it and if Bradley Cooper's been working with them, yeah, um, yeah, I, I I, don't know. It's obviously a thing where you want to be. And I, I will be honest, like, when I watched it, like, I was kind of like, eh, the, the nose seems fairly prominent. <laughs> um, but listen, Bradley Cooper's a great, uh, you know, he's only directed one movie, but I think he's he's shown himself. And I'm, I'm curious to see it, and this kind of ties back to the strike a little bit. Uh, Bradley Cooper's a very interesting case where he directed this movie he also was acting in it is he allowed to promote it is he allowed to promote it but only talk about directing it not acting in it that's like very interesting there is no like wga mm. they they came to a deal you know like DG, that. dga
1: dga yeah. what did i say w oh i thought i was a uh, breaking news here
2: <laughs> that would be incredible
1: <laughs> this would be the highest viewed episode actually you know what's funny i sorry i, I misspoke i clicked on the comments thing and oh, it wow. took me to a co- it took me to 4chan so it, let's, <laughs>
2: just,
0: let's not uh...
1: <laughs> no, uh, let's get on, into the sizzle. Finally, me. fizzle. Oh there my we God. go. The sizzle is never going to fizzle, especially when we have great segments like this one coming up. Uh, that's you guys know one. the name of the game. It's Chris versus okay. Brian. I don't know if you know how Chris versus works, mm. but I this is a relatively new segment. I, don't think I was, find yeah. uh, a usually I repurpose a video from a YouTube channel where a mm-hmm. director has given tips or a writer has given tips about something. So mm-hmm. in the past we've so what it was, was it? david ranch. ranch, yeah. Yes. Oh,
2: yeah, we've done Wes Anderson.
1: Yeah. Mm. So basically, they have like 10, you know, kind of tips. Probably, we've that done give. Chris yeah. Nolan. Right, and then I read them to Chris, and Chris sees if he agrees or disagrees. Okay. I judge, and at the end, I give the verdict. Chris so far has lost every match but tied once. I tied, we oh, tied who'd you tie on with Wes Anderson for symmetry.
2: Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> they tied, and that, that was actually the episode right before uh, you came on for the first time. Oh wow! I, yeah, oh, I found I that that was that. Uh, your episode was May twenty third, twenty twenty two, episode eighty six, off the top rope and into the edit suite. There you go, with Brian um, Maxwell, man.
1: So Brian, how this is going to work today yeah. is that you and Chris are going to work together to okay. come to a conclusion about each one of these points, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. It's a mystery director. I'm going to save it till the very end. So that way you guys can think of it more big picture than reference his particular films. Okay. You ready? Sure. Round one. It was Lenny Riefenstahl, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Come on now. Uh, Round one. They say, come up with a plan. And then when you get on set, throw it out the window because nothing goes as planned. You must adapt
2: on the fly. This sounds like one we've done before, if mm-hmm. I'm being completely honest. Well, I mean, filmmaking, it's its a dime a dozen, right? It's been around. Um, so have a plan, but don't use it. I, I mean, I, I, I would agree with that. I
0: think you want to be fully prepared before you come onto set. I don't think you should be figuring it out when you get there. But you need to be open to what can happen. Like, you don't want to be so set in your ways that... Okay, I'm only prepared for things going this one way. However, yeah. you should prep beforehand so that when you get on set, everyone knows what you're trying to do. Uh, you have a, a schedule built. Everyone knows like what parameters you're working within. Yeah. You're all working towards the same goal. Um, but also be open to like improvising on set. Be open to like if something runs over. Like you have to adapt. It's never going to go exactly as you as you planned. Okay. Um, but you do want to have a plan coming into it. You don't want to be like you just yeah. show up and you're like we'll figure it out on the
2: day
1: yeah you seem to be seeing very eye to eye with this director and i'm teasing a little bit because there's a, you kind of just touched on a few more points that are going to come up oh, oh, wow. great. um have you ever had this happen where like you have to fl- throw out the plan completely is this woody allen by the way is that who you're we don't know who <laughs> this is going to be but we'll find out don't
0: worry i have a list of problematic directors that i'm going to
1: keep bringing up i maybe um, started with the the biggest one yeah um no it's roman plan. yeah i was about to say uh what i'm just kidding what uh You ever had the situation happen Mm -hmm. to you where you're on set, either one of you, and
2: you're like, oh, shit, like literally the entire plan is out the window. Uh, I mean, not that I can specifically think of, mm. but I, I'm not—I'm never on set. I feel like when you were in news, you probably ran into that shit a lot. Yeah, yeah, constantly. But like, there, there's no like sexy answer to mm-hmm. to what we did. Is like, it, like normally it was well, we had to pivot completely and do a mm-hmm. totally different story, or we had to do a really stripped down version of the story we were trying to do, but we didn't have the interview we really needed, so we're just rehashing information. Like, w- whenever that happened in news, it just. Be, it became a worse version mm-hmm. of what it could have been it, it there was never like a cool solution that that made it better yeah yeah
0: we I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean for me this literally was like maybe month month and a half ago um we were supposed to do a shoot with a talent and talent just straight up didn't show up yeah just did not what just rage it wasn't Ray J. Um, oh, although, Chris man, is coming for Ray J, bro. I, I certainly have had those do, experiences with Ray J. we got to do Chris um, versus Ray J at some point. Uh, I don't care. No, but uh, yeah, it was a talent. They just straight up didn't show up. And we then like were on our phones. We're like struggling, like, We're like, okay, who else can we get here? What's going on? Um, and then we finally just had to pivot to a completely different idea. But because we had... Planned uh, so much with our crew. They knew what to expect. They came prepared. We all knew what we were trying to achieve on the day. Uh, we were then able to pivot and get something else that, quite frankly, I think was probably better than if we had shot with the talent
1: that we especially, especially with disengaged talent, because if they didn't show mm-hmm. up, they obviously wouldn't have wanted to be there.
0: Right. But, well, we kind of we I don't know. We had a we had a feeling because the day before they started asking for money and we're ah, like, well, they, they might not show up at all tomorrow. And hmm. then they,
1: they did it, not. It, one thing that comes to mind for me and that's the last thing I'll say and then we can move on. But I mm-hmm. uh, this reminds me of that one music video. I don't know if it was, I want to say it was Young Thug, but I'm not sure. But he just didn't show up. And so the director just like, he already had everything, they had the space rented, they had the models, they had everything. So they just shot something Mm -hmm. and he put these like interstitial titles that kind of explained Young Thug didn't show up. Mm -hmm. I keep saying, its I don't know if it's Young Thug. The the, the artist did not show up. We can Uh, say Ray J, let's just say Ray J. (laughs) But they were saying the artist didn't show up and you know it turned out to be one of the, M- most well-received music videos of the year. Is young, young thug. And the craziest part is that then it got me thinking. I was mm. like, oh, what if this was the concept of the whole time? Like, yeah. you know, so maybe this is a plant. I don't know. I don't know. You
0: should try that for
1: for this show. Yeah, not show up. Just <laughs> say be... a guest didn't <laughs> you know show up we did, that. <laughs> we did that. We did that a couple weeks ago. We claimed we went on vacation, instead. we just didn't record the show. Um, moving on to round number two. <laughs> I've got I've got everything I need to make my decision for round one. Round number two. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Nothing. Well, it's funny you say that. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. The flaws are what makes the content more authentic. Embrace the flaws and use them to
2: your advantage. I mean, it sounds like the first point rehashed, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. Well, you must adapt on the fly? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, adapting on the fly, it, it implies that mm-hmm. there were flaws in in the plan or, or in the, the, the way that the events unfolded mm-hmm. and that you had to, you know, just kind of go with the flow and, and find new yeah. ways of doing it. Okay.
0: Th- there, this is a thing that a director, I, I want to say was Scorsese's, but I could be wrong. Uh, it, it was this idea of like, if you get like 5% of what you want, that's a success. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. get 100% of exactly what you have captured in your mind um, and also like being open to like what other people bring to the process. I one of my things I always say is um, when I'm on set, like I'm just one person here, Right? like there's so many other people that are also here and we're all honestly equally important and you everyone know? has
1: different perspectives. That's exactly. Everyone has part. different
0: perspectives. Everyone brings something. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't agree to this, like that there's like a hierarchy or anything. It's like everyone yeah. has a job on a set and everyone has to do that job to make sure that this runs smoothly. And Everyone's there for a reason. I mean, my the, your cinematographer is there
1: for a reason, like let right. these people do um, what they're there to do. Yeah. And sometimes like from that, I, I have the same uh, idea in post. Like I mm-hmm. make Chris edit everything because it's easier <laughs> or it's better for the project. Like if multiple people see it, yeah. maybe it's that most people is Chris all the time. <laughs> <laughs> my multiple personalities. There you go. Um. All right, I got enough on that one, though. I think you guys you guys made it clear how you feel about that one. Number three, encourage your talent to go off script. It'll create some of the best, most raw
2: moments. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they like improvisation. This is one that I will actually wholeheartedly mm-hmm. agree with and think it's, I, I still think it's kind of just an extension of, of what they've been saying uh, already. But when we wrote uh, plays in high school, we wrote one-act plays together, mm-hmm. uh, I think... In our heads, when we wrote them, we thought they were funny, but mm-hmm. they were improved so much by our actors just kind of riffing yeah. with it. And like we we kind of allowed them, the actors and the directors, uh, whatever freedom they wanted mm-hmm. with improving it. Like we we don't I, I feel like we weren't super attached to exactly how things were written. Like it was yeah. kind of just like it's an outline. And if you have talented actors and directors, let them let them yeah. cook.
0: Is yeah. this is this uh Sasha Baron Cohen? Is that who we're we're yeah, doing? You might be getting close. Um, you might be getting close. No, I um I'm real split when it comes to to uh to improv. Like a, you're like a banana. <laughs> yes, I think it's um real split. Yeah, yeah real split. split. No, Come I on, Chris, it. keep up. No, I think it's, it's um I, it really. i was did, gonna
2: it, say like the United States. But. <laughs> Ooh, okay, it's a political show today. <laughs>
0: I think it really depends on uh on, on who the talent is um, right. for things to operate smoothly and to actually like. To leave the set with something, you do need to kind of follow the plan. Um, You can't just have people throw things out for the sake of throwing it out. Um, There also is... um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times, like, things sounded funny on set, but then it's... I mean, then you also have to, like, not be precious about these things when you get into the edit. I mean, that's one of the things that um, you look at, like, the, the Apatow films, and that really hamper those is they'll be uh, and, and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but you'll be watching someone and it's like oh well I'm just getting five minutes of these two people riffing like they clearly yeah. just riffed and it got a good reaction on set and yeah. you kept in eight jokes when you maybe should have kept in two um, you don't want that and I think that sometimes that's where people can get a little too precious and yeah it gets a laugh on set but I don't know. And again, I'm looking yeah. at it only in the context of scripted comedy here. Right. Because um, I was going to say yeah. the
1: way that this person says the best, most raw moments makes me think they might be talking about, you know, drama, yeah. right? Like to encourage your talent to, you know, go off script in a drama, maybe right. not saying certain things, but just like I, I would reacting say reacting in ways that are unexpected. Exactly.
0: I, I think it's always best to be open to where things take you on set, not like, oh, well, let's just like Let's just take a curveball for this for the sake of it. It's like no, like if we end up in this interesting place organically, let's not be afraid yeah. to go there. But don't just start, you know.
2: Well, one of one of the most famous quotes in and at least American movie mm-hmm. history is it's from Midnight Cowboy. I'm walking here. Mm-hmm. That was not scripted. Apparently, mm-hmm. like they couldn't get the permits or something to actually shut the street down. So they were just trying to like secretly record it. Mm-hmm. And a car came by and the, the actor just mm-hmm. said that like, it was a natural reaction and it became iconic. It's a, it's a raw moment mm-hmm. and it, it occurred. Another canceled uh, performer.
1: Who is that? <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Oh shit. Oh. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> is he canceled? Yeah. For crashing his plane, or was that a different You're guy? You think of Harrison Ford. Harrison I don't Ford, think Dustin Hoffman there you ever go. Flew yeah. a plane. I was confused, with those guys. I don't yeah. know why. Uh, <laughs> let me move on to number four. If a visual or audio cue does not have a deeper meaning or a further interpretation, mm-hmm. remove it. Avoid clutter. You don't want to confuse the audience. So I think they're talking about in post production, I imagine, mm-hmm. but they're saying to that any like visual or audio cue mm-hmm. should have a as they call it, further interpretation yeah. in quotes.
0: Yeah, I think the beginning of every sex scene should have like a boing oing. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a Ooga, Ooga. Exactly. Because how does how does the audience know? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, everything should be
1: motivated.
2: What do you think, Cross? Yeah, yeah. I mean, more, I more or less agree. Like, you know, we had this conversation earlier when we were talking about writing, and I was complaining how a lot of writers want to. They're they're like very superfluous with with their verbiage like they, they mm-hmm. and here i am doing the same thing yeah. um but, <laughs> but uh like you know to be a good writer what you want to do is you want to be concise and only keep in the the parts that really matter mm-hmm. and and same th- same thing with like uh editing well editing yeah mm-hmm. creating movies uh writing stories anything is every single scene has to move the story forward right mm-hmm. like every line of dialogue has to There has to be a reason for it and it it has to make sense within the story.
0: Well, and it's one of the most challenging things, especially when you're when you're editing that I think a lot of honestly, I think it is something that directors, producers, uh, I've certainly encountered plenty of people that struggle with this is the ability to put yourself in the audience's shoes and watch something without put yourself in this headspace of put out every single previous like yes you've been working on this thing sometimes for years and you have it fully baked in your head now you have to be able to watch the thing without any of that
2: yeah you have to be able
0: to put all of that out because i'm a huge believer in like the audience doesn't care about the behind the scenes they don't they don't care if the thing took you five minutes to put together or if it took you 10 years if it's good or if it's bad they don't all it matters is what they see and if they enjoyed it. Yeah. And so to be able to put yourself in that headspace of, okay, what is someone who's coming to this fresh? What are they getting? And that's actually a very tough thing to do, especially with something that you care so deeply about. The audience uh, yeah.
2: the audience will never know what didn't make the cut. Right. That yeah. I, I always say that about our little
1: projects. I'm like, man. If they send us three terabytes of footage, they don't know what the fuck they shot. Yep. So just yep. they, they don't they're not going to remember what the best parts are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, don't get too precious about
2: it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I
0: mean, there's been so many times I'm sure you both encountered this where like someone just really wants like, oh, well, how do I, we need to get this in here? Oh, okay, yeah. Why? All the time. You mm-hmm. know, uh, again, it kind of goes back to that. We're talking with the Apatel thing of like including too many jokes. Right. In yeah. There. Um,
1: a hat on a hat. Hat on a hat, one of my favorite phrases. Hell yeah. Um, you know, it, what you were saying just it reminds me of in music the mm-hmm. with the term demo itis, yeah. where like a musician makes a demo and they love it how it sounds so much. And when they get into the studio, they like they're like, Well, no, it doesn't sound like like what, mm-hmm. what I recorded for the demo. It's like, yeah, dude, it was a demo. Like, you yeah. can't have demo itis. You can't uh, get attached to the way that this thing is because you know, changing it might make it better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, you guys, very, very great answer on that. I'm, i don't want to tip my hat, but I think you guys won that round. Oh, wow. Uh, number five, when in a rut, experiment with non sequiturs, even if your elements lack in quotes perceived purpose. The viewer will always find a way to speculate and project their
2: own meaning. So, to experiment with non sequiturs, if you're a creative block, yeah, this, I mean sure like you if, if you're in a creative block you should try anything you can and, and things that y- might not even work for what you're doing but it might spark something else that does mm-hmm. but this sounds like the exact opposite of advice of what, what this person was just saying about how every every visual cue has to have a meaning or, or deeper interpretation uh, okay fair enough
1: but this is like about being in a rut mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, but I, I think I think they probably meant it the first way that you said, where yeah. it's like it'll it'll spark something. Yeah, well, sure. I, and what you're talking about is part of why um, this is. This one sounds like the fucking I like the baseline yeah. idea behind uh like absurdism or uh, surrealism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I would say just and, do shit. You know? Well, and this
0: is kind of related to to this a little bit, but um, I know that. Uh, both of you have mixed feelings about like directors and producers sitting with their editors the whole time. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The reason why I like to do it is A, I think you have to like respect your editor as like a creative partner. It isn't just they're sitting there and like they're following all your orders. But I I think that why I love it so much is the ability to try something. Like kind of like what we're seeing here. Like, okay, well, what if we put these two images next to each other? What if we go from this moment to this moment? Like Mm. does, like, can the audience feel? In the gap do we get something else that we weren't necessarily thinking of right and that's why i like to sit with an editor so i can like let's try it did it work okay no yeah versus like i feel like sometimes when you're working remotely and you're uploading cuts like everything is kind of like set in stone where it's yeah. like you yeah. can't really say show me that okay let's go back to it right, instead right, right. like that process becomes like half your day it just does, to sort yeah. of see one thing yeah. so that's why i like to you know work.
1: Uh, with a producer for, I mean, with the with the uh, an editor. I, I, I look for the record. I don't mind sitting with directors and producers, but it's got to be at a certain point. I yeah. need to like wrap my head around the thing first mm-hmm. before like someone just sits there telling yeah. me to like stop and cut out pause and, that, and that's ums. also like, yeah i
2: know it cut out and that's um, different bro. than working with talent over your shoulder oh well yeah because that, that would yeah. drive me absolutely batty i mean i would say so for me
0: uh a, a show that we do it's a show called rapid fire which is like this hot ones uh spinoff where mm-hmm. essentially just the guests by themselves reading questions um and that's a show that i produce um I actually uh, I research all the questions. I'm there on set directing. And then I also edit it. i essentially essentially beginning to end uh, the whole thing. Soup to nuts, as they Soup say. Soup to nuts, as they say. Um, but I've now gotten to the point where... I actually think I struggle to work with editors because I have done so much editing myself where I'm yeah. just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can cut out so many steps Like it's <laughs> quick, just it's editing just quicker for
1: me to do this. Like exactly. I will do this in half a day instead of like going back and forth for three days. Well,
0: And, and that's seven. where it's like um, it can just be a lot more streamlined. Uh, right. And and I but I do miss working with editors. I miss someone else uh, putting yeah. their, their eyes on it. At um, the end of the day, yeah.
1: if you put someone else in the you know in the uh, system and mm-hmm. kind of the flow of uh, the project it, it costs more money yeah that's well, that's also the part that kind of like well, sucks, wh-
0: so where, where i've kind of come down to now that i really like working is i'll do like the first couple passes myself i'll get the content down to where i want it to be i pretty mm-hmm. much lock the thing in and then i'll bring in another editor to be like let's get some fresh eyes on this like what are what are some like um you know, what are some ways to sort of like heighten certain moments that I'm just not seeing? Is I feel there?
1: like we, we do yeah. that, too. We trade off quite a bit. Like for the NHL stuff, like mm-hmm. I did all of the kind of like the, almost like the assistant editing yeah. setting yeah. up work. And then you kind of mm-hmm. took it the rest of the way. Yeah, and there's they, been they, other they, times when mm-hmm. like you do all of that and then I take it the rest of the way. It's So
0: I don't know if this is the person that we, we have here that we're talking about. But uh one of my biggest, you know. Filmmaking uh, heroes is uh, is uh, Soderbergh because he knows how to do Who so knows? much. He he. One of the things that apparently crews love about the guy is that you'll get through like sixteen pages in a day because he shows up. He expects all the actors to be completely off book. He knows exactly what he wants. Mm-hmm. There's no dilly-dallying. There's he's no shooting like shooting it all on an iPhone. Shooting it all on an <laughs> iPhone. But but he also he does shoot everything himself. And he is yeah. also an editor. So what he does now on his on his films, and you could argue with some of his more recent output that like maybe you, you could spend a little more time with this. But because he's shooting everything digitally, he'll literally leave set. Take everything he shot that day, cut together that night, and when they get to the rap party, he can pretty much show everybody yeah, the thing bam. that they've made. Um, that's lit.
1: I I, I respect the show, But that's Soderberg. because he
0: knows exactly what he wants. And again, yeah. maybe he's putting himself in a box where he's losing some of that experimentation, where he's losing some of the other voices. But yeah. I think that if you have such a strong idea of what you want to do— um, there's no harm to that, especially if you know how to do everything. And it just gets harder to, like, communicate that if, <laughs> to other Sizzle people. If Sizzle
1: Reel ever gets Soderbergh as a guest, that will be our finale. That will be our last episode. Um, you guys are doing great so far. Number six, we're into the, the back half of these. Uh, and this is where you're going to start, I think, being able to tell maybe who this is. Yeah. I think it's a little more experimental. So when I may do the right thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How'd you know? You're looking over my shoulder. Uh, bad audio is bad audio. Mm-hmm. But bad picture can be a powerful artistic decision use it wisely so they're basically saying i think don't Mm -hmm. don't fuck up your audio but it's it's okay to manipulate the picture and fuck it up because it can be a, a powerful decision
2: well i definitely agree with bad audio is bad audio that's absolutely true uh but at the same time if 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 you decide to do something creative visually that degrades the, the picture as part of a statement, I, I think that you can also do that with the audio. Uh, Cause I, I think that audio is going to be something that will make people uh, for example, if you're trying mm-hmm. to be suspenseful or put, or put people in an uneasy position, audio, I think, is mm-hmm. going to have a more profound effect mm-hmm. on that. It's kind of like, uh, what was that movie? The little, the shitty little movie
1: that cost like $10,000. Um, oh, the one that you saw? Yeah, Skin, Skin and Marink. Skin oh, Marink. Skin and Marink was fucking their audio up big time. <laughs> and it wasn't even scary. It was just like loud and annoying. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you can't. I, I would agree. Like, you can't really get away with, um, with bad audio. Um it's just not a thing people are are if you want to get really experimental um but I would even argue that films that get experimented like experimental visually often don't really have like bad visuals like they mm-hmm. might like do experimental things they might be like low quality they might like do x, y and z but like they're gonna put the camera where they want to the camera to be <laughs> they're gonna like show you what they want to show you whereas like yeah. bad audio is just like oh yeah we like uh we, we didn't mix it properly like you can't actually hear what we want you to hear
1: that um that pisses me off
2: i know right. on I mixed know, audio. i is know it, a movie
1: like that it's called uh is it tenant no it's play by ear the uh, oh. documentary <laughs> that we made <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Alright, I got enough info on that one. Unless you guys have any final thoughts. Um, I
0: have to assume that we're talking about Michael Mann. If we're talking about bad audio. You're, you're getting you're getting you already did Nolan. So I can't get you're
1: getting closer. Uh, number seven. The more takes the better. If you are filming digital, don't settle for the first take. Repetition is key to making a take better. Mm-hmm. So this person seems to be a uh, militant about like, you know, takes more and more takes. So,
0: uh, is this Fincher?
2: I can't tell you until okay. the end, but I, I love how you've got guesses for all yeah. of these. Um, I think th- I, I agree with the like, don't just be happy mm-hmm. with the first take, but I don't think <laughs> Uh, what it, What was it the more takes the better he said yes the more takes the better was no the first absolutely one. not like if you do 150 takes of a single scene th- yeah you're going to find a good one in there but the, the 150th one probably <laughs> isn't going to be the best one like there is there is a point of diminishing returns I, I don't know what that number is, but at that point, you're just creating more work for the entire post team. And I, I think and, I mean, a, and the, the crew and on the set. crew and, and, and at a certain point, you have to like you have to weigh, you know, keeping people. Happy on Mm -hmm. set and and not hating working with you with getting the the perfect. It sounds like you're talking about there being a balance of this. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think I I do agree that especially if you're digital. Yeah, shoot, shoot it until you're confident with what you have. Mm -hmm. But there is a limit. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say that if you're in a position where I mean, obviously, a lot of what I have done in my career has been like unscripted. Um, but occasionally you, I, I have done a lot of, you know, scripted elements, especially with hosts and whatnot. Um, I do think it's you get it like once you know, you've gotten it good the whole way through. Do one more. Um, yeah, you'd never also you you never really know what you're going to get, uh, what you're going to need when you get in the edit. I just did a thing last week, actually, with one of our hosts where I would say we probably did it between all the various setups eight times and I oddly when I got into the edit ended up using one that on set I thought was like not the best but that ended yeah. up actually having a lot of the connective tissue that I needed and I was able to supplement you know other things in, in other places um yeah I mean and also I found that with talent um they like being pushed sometimes I, I had one host um
1: physically like you push them over no I
0: I, I had one host <laughs> so who someone's a, a table behind them <laughs> Um, this was a, um, this, i, I here I'll, I'll drop a name. Oh, uh, this sheesh. was, uh, this was when I was working on, uh, Drew Barrymore and she was struggling to get through this one, this one piece that we had to get through mm-hmm. and she kept dropping lines and like, oh, let me go back and get that. And she like, you know, would kind of, and, and we eventually got there. Like we got mm-hmm. there, like, okay, we can edit this all together. Yeah. We have a, a, a clean read in places we can, we can put this together. Right. Um, and everyone wanted to leave. And I said to her, it's like, that was great. We got it. I think you can do it all in one take. Like, we didn't have to go one more time. Yeah. But I said, I think we can do one more take. And she did it. And she did it all in one more take. And then afterwards, she was, like, so thankful. She's, like, that I pushed her in that regard. That I was, like, that we sort of got through it. And it was just, like, okay, we're good. Let's leave. She was so thankful because I, and this wasn't just her, but you get this with hosts all the time, like, it does affect their confidence a little bit, yeah, and you yeah, don't want yeah. them leaving that interaction and that day being like, "Man, I wh- why Could couldn't I do it? Or uh, I failed,
2: and they have to fix it." In exactly,
0: post. like they should. They should leave. You want your talent leaving feeling like, "Yeah, I really." I really knocked it out of the park today. So you, uh, so yeah. you
1: subscribe to the daft punk school of thought one more time. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> one more yeah. time. All right. We're going to set. We always celebrate. We're seven of the three of uh, seven of the way through. We got eight, nine, ten left. So there's three more of these left. OK. Uh, number eight. Keep additional visual elements in mind. It's always better to film wider than to film close up. Mm-hmm. Allow the frame to breathe for those additional elements.
2: Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. So they're shooting everything in 8K. Tell <laughs> so the editor in. <laughs> no, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. For the most part, like I would, I would basically shoot the same way when mm-hmm. I shoot is, you know, you no can always, close-ups. You, you, yeah. well, you can always punch in a little bit. I wouldn't say no, no clo- close. I won't say no close ups, but I shoot like only close ups. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's Experimental. What can I <laughs> say? That, That's cool. Yeah. But, but it, it's like, it's one of those things where like, you know, you could you can never punch back out if you were, mm-hmm. you know, too far in with your camera, but you can always go in a little bit further. You might lose. A little, a little bit of of the the quality of the image, but for the that most part, that would be so wild if they invented a camera where in post you could punch back out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be so crazy. I mean, uh, I, I I I fully agree. I'm definitely someone who's guilty of like punching in, uh in post. um Yeah, I mean, and unless you're dealing with like, yeah, I can't even say. I mean, there there obviously are times where you just like want a close up of something. Yeah. Um, But yeah, always get get more, get more than less.
2: All that said, I still think that you need to know exactly what you want in mm-hmm. your frame and you need to be happy with the composition right. of it before like, don't just shoot stuff wide yeah. w- with the the thought of like, Oh, we'll fix it in post, like nail, nail your composition down. And if you if you need to poke out a little bit, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I'll also say this is actually something. So this is a friend of mine. Uh, they shot something on their own and gave it to me and asked me for some notes. And a thing that I noticed was that, um, they were shooting everything too close. And this also kind of goes to this kind of thing that we've talked a lot of times is like put yourself in the audience's shoes. Mm-hmm. The audience was not there with you in that room. Yep. You need to, you need to give some context. Give the audience a couple wide shots because yeah. it really can be confusing if you're just on close-ups. Don't assume fun. that like and again, I think it just comes from this place of like, you were in this room, you knew what it you know yeah. what it looks like. Uh, but like, for example, if we were just Filming this conversation right now, if we only had close ups of our faces, it would be so confusing. Yeah. You would say, true. how big is the table they're at? It'd be good who's for TikTok. Sit- It'd be great for TikTok. Who's 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 sitting where? Who Who's like right. what? what What is the overall frame and reference? They're looking. Exactly. Right. You, you know. need some establishers. Give, give yeah. people some wide shots. Um, OK. Shoot a little bit more than you think you need, because. Even though you might be saying like, well, I'm looking here, I'm focusing on this. Okay," but you're you also have peripheral vision. Yeah. (laughs) The camera Mm -hmm. doesn't. So, like, give the audience (laughs) all the uh, yet give the audience all the context uh, that they need. I shoot everything
2: with the 360 degree camera. (laughs) That would be fucking tight, dude. That would be your
1: style. You're like trademarked. (laughs) Like, oh, it's the Eastman method. Uh, Number nine. An esteemed colleague of mine coined the term "fusic," the fusion of film and music. Music drives emotion and should fuse itself into the film with purpose. A poor decision can completely change the tone of the film. Fusic, what do you think?
2: I think film that's, and music. So I think that's stupid <laughs> the as hell. Of film and music. Like I, I don't think it's wrong, but yeah. so like I've said this for ever since I got into filmmaking. What I, you know, it, not mm. that what I do is make films, but just this industry the reason i was attracted to it is because it's all the different arts combined Mm -hmm. you know it's it's photography it's it's theater it's it's, uh music yeah sure music just just keep just keep naming music (laughs) yeah (laughs) any art you can think of (laughs) it's filmmaking it's choreography (laughs) it's visual arts yeah it's it's pretty much everything and it's it's how they all uh speak to each other Mm -hmm. uh to create something bigger than the elements Damn, mm-hmm. but you're a poet, bro. but but just to like, obviously music, it just seems like the the dumbest, most easy advice, like music wow. matters in your movie. Like, yeah, no shit, bro. OK. All right, Chris, tell us how you really feel. Damn. Is
0: this David Ayer,
2: director of Suicide Squad?
1: <laughs> you, you might have gotten one of the
0: letters, <laughs> right? Um, no, I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, music's incredibly in- important and you should be. Um, you should be highly aware of every element you put into your thing. Um, there's there's few things that frustrate me more than a clearly unmotivated music choice or an incredibly obvious music choice. Um, one of the most nerdy, like one of the nerdier things I ever had as a kid that I think, you know, sort of when you think back to being a kid in ways that like sort of broke your brain. This is one of them where I had a version of the um, it was a version of the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. But with Tarantino talking in between every uh, every track, sort okay. of like discussing it. Okay, um, kind of cool. And uh, I swear, if step ten is take your shoes off, then we know this is Tarantino. <laughs> um, but I one one of the things in there that he really believes was um, you can't use a musical track if it's closely associated with another movie moment, which I, I fully I, agree with. I agree with agree. that. Um, yeah. Like if. if and, and there's tons
1: of there's tons like of char- tracks. Ch- well, you can if you're parodying it, like Chariots of Fire or whatever. If you're parodying like, it you or if that. you're
0: like specifically like wanting to like do an homage, because obviously Tarantino's a guy who uses a lot of music that was written for other movies. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, like if there's just like an iconic moment that's forever associated with this particular song. Yeah. Like, um, you know, talking about, you know, all star But Midnight Cowboy, uh, you know, uh, everybody's talking like whenever I hear that song in a different movie, if it's not trying to specifically reference the beginning of Midnight right. Cowboy. Yeah. I'm like, no, like you can't like you can't, that song. It's, not, it's been
1: used. It's that not That song's been owned
0: by, by yeah. somebody else. Um in fact I would say I mean, Shrek does not own All Star. That was written for uh Mystery Men. So Shrek is actually <laughs> Mystery
1: guilty men uh, don't of have that.
2: Enough. Oh <laughs> Shrek, Shrek
0: and Shrek
1: made it theirs though.
0: That you that, know that is I true. Mean, Sometimes a film can not successfully reclaim.
1: Um okay so I know your guys' opinion on Fusic. Last one. If someone offers you a job that compromises your ethics or values, it's okay to tell them no. Mm-hmm. Another option is to demand an exorbitant rate, and if they say yes, it can be okay to compromise those values.
2: Is this is this you? Are no, you the director?
1: No, no <laughs> stop! Come on, what are you talking about, bro? I I I stand true to, with my values. Okay, sometimes I'll work for big mm-hmm. tech companies, sure, but you know that's okay. Yeah, I check in on their uh, their corporate practices and shit. You know, uh,
2: I ha- I have mixed feelings about this one because like honestly yes I agree as as someone who's like that's I'm shocked. small time and not worth anything then yes I like if I have to do uh, a commercial for for the US Army but they're paying me like you know twice my normal rate yeah fuck it whatever say say
1: you wanted to make a movie and then like you didn't have funding but then like Dick Cheney somehow loved the script and was like I'll give you Fucking one hundred fifty million dollars to make it. Well, and you'd I, be like, would you take money from someone who's like so corrupt, and you would never, like, you personally don't
2: identify with it at all. Yeah, I because mean, then I'm just taking their money. Yeah, and, you're just taking it, their money. Yeah, it no longer belongs to them.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I would. I mean, unless they're wanting to like change the. I I've been very fortunate that in my career. I really haven't had to make those tough decisions like I've never I've never worked on anything that was like sponsored by the army. I've worked at places where they've made content that was sponsored by the army, but I've personally never been on any of those shoots or involved in any of those productions. I don't think I've ever really encountered like a major sponsor that i had like crazy issues with or anything like that. Um, I do think that in this industry and if you're like building a career in this industry, goals are extraordinarily important. And where you want to get, and you know, th- this isn't like this industry isn't a like straight line. You have to build it yourself. Yeah, there's no working your way up by like this this corporate that just doesn't exist in this industry. So I think you have to have goals, and you need to measure those kind of decisions against those goals. Does this get me closer to this thing? Yeah. Um, is this going to take me off track? Is this ultimately just moving me forward? And I think that if it passes all of those questions um maybe it's okay I mean there is also this concept of don't just do the the paycheck thing because they're uh, yeah don't just do the paycheck thing because ultimately that could derail you you know don't do the thing that you thinks beneath you because like oh one for them well the the next one might not you know come back around I no. think we've seen plenty of like very young interesting filmmakers who do that who do the like okay well I'll do this thing for 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 them and then the next one's for me and it's like then then the one you did for them uh underperforms and now you never get to do the thing that you actually wanted to do Mm -hmm. as as they
2: say there's there's no ethical consumption under capitalism right okay but uh, like uh, you know and i do mostly Mm -hmm. agree and i know i've said it on this show before that if i like was really in a pinch and i just wanted to make money i would make like uh, fuck Joe Biden shirts and sell them to Republicans because they're idiots and they'll buy them, and that you know it's easy money. You just trick, trick them. To, they're just like kids, you know, like they, they, okay. they have tiny little brains and they'll, they'll just buy anything. This is now the Brandon cast, uh, <laughs> but, <no. laughs> but, 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 but the other, the other part of it is like I do think there's a limit. Like you know, people like, uh, like Tucker Carlson. He doesn't believe half the shit he says but he he used to get paid Mm -hmm. an exorbitant amount of money to do it and that's but but he can actually damage society Mm -hmm. with the way that he goes about things like i I would never take on a project that i think would would have lasting impact on society like that Mm -hmm. not that i would be in that position yeah
1: but yeah i mean this is yeah i think that's a good thing to take into consideration yeah um chris you, you know what you uh Often underperforming these verses, as yeah. we know. But right there, that last fucking monologue might have might have got you <laughs> all the way. Before we get to the mm-hmm. scoring, um, any guesses on who this could be? I mean, I'm going to stick with Fincher.
2: Fincher, okay. And what do you think? Uh, I've got no idea. I guess the the visual one does sound mm-hmm. Fincher-esque but I.
0: You mentioned digital, so I'm going to say Buster Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually I, saw
1: um, a bust of my first ever Buster Keaton movie ooh, like a few months ago. You bust a move? He was it was like his last one where he was super old, something oh, about Rome or some shit. The The Rail Runner? I don't remember. I, uh, I remember being like, "This shit is boring." Oh so.
0: yeah, you, so uh, something so happened, happened the, on the way to the floor. Yeah, Forum he's like a small. He, that's not really a Buster movie. Watch the Watch the classics. Watch the you yeah, know. They're so boring. No, the general's exciting. Uh, he, Chris, he invented the action comedy.
1: Uh, you and You and Sizzler Kevin would get along very well. Uh, what a Crussy you What's got a, You got one, you got uh, a guess
2: Christopher McQuarrie. Who, how do you see, even McQuarrie? Mc- yeah, I've never McQuarrie. heard of that guy. What did he do? He uh, does all the Mission Possible movies now. Yeah, oh, fair I think he did Usual Suspects, maybe. He wrote uh, Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah, it was it.
0: directed by another cancelable oh, okay. Is
2: this Brian Singer? Is this Brian no, Singer's no, list?
1: No, no, no. You, I'll let you guys Step know. Step 11 never go to set. Um, okay, here we go. Scoring mm-hmm. number one, come up with a plan, and then when you get on set, throw it out the window because nothing goes as planned, you got to adapt on the fly. Chris, you said, quote, I wrote here, have a plan, but don't use it. I think you tried to boil this one down, but Brian agreed with this uh, and he made a beautiful argument, Uh a true wordsmith. So I gave you guys that round. Great. Um, Number two, nothing is going to, nothing's ever going to be perfect. Embrace the flaws. Use them to your advantage. Uh, Chris, you said, sounds like the first point rehashed, which I found to be very disrespectful to the director Uh and Brian, (laughs) you compared him to Scorsese. So, you know. I still get I gave the director this point because because okay. we was, were
0: split on our.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you guys need to. We covered all the bases. You need to be aligned. But the mm-hmm. thing is, you said it's like a Scorsese type take and then he just shot all over it. So it's very oh, disrespectful. Well. Number three, encourage your talent to go off script. It creates raw moments. Chris, you said you wholeheartedly agree. But you still think it's an extension of what they're saying. You brought up I'm walking here, which is good. Uh, Brian, you disagreed. You said you can't just have people throw things out for the sake of throwing it out. And the lack of alignment. I went with our mystery director. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If a visual or audio cue doesn't have a deeper meaning, this is number four. Remove it. Uh, Chris, you agreed. You said avoid clutter. Uh, You don't like when people are superfluous with their verbiage. And I I loved the irony there. Uh, You said, Brian, I'm a huge Believer in the audience doesn't care about behind the scenes, and then you know you brought up the mm-hmm. uh, I brought up the demoitis thing. I um, thought good point, so I gave you guys that one. Okay. When in a rut, this is number five. Experiment with non sequiturs. Uh, Chris, you were skeptical. You said this sounds like the opposite advice of what they just gave. Yeah. And number four, um, Brian, you said you have to respect the editor as your creative partner. I, I don't know how <laughs> that got there, but. Uh, I'm, I liked, just, I'm just working the, 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 the jury. And on I that appreciated one. that. So I gave you guys that one. So you guys are currently up three to two halfway wow. through the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, bad audio is bad audio, but bad picture can be a powerful artistic decision. Chris, you disagreed yet again. You said if you degrade the picture, you can degrade the audio. But Brian, you said you can't get away with bad audio. They're going to put the camera where they want the camera to be. which I, I That was a funny <laughs> quote, so I put it in there. Uh, you guys weren't aligned. I gave that one to the mystery director. Mm. Number seven. The more takes, the better. Repetition is key. Chris, quote, no, absolutely not. And then you said there's a point of diminishing returns. Brian, you said once you think you've got it, do one more, mm-hmm. one more time. Daft Punk school of thought. And I appreciated the reference uh, to Daft Punk that it made me think of at least. they so, yeah, didn't yeah. You say Yeah, I mean, I appreciated that. I appreciated being up. set up. Yeah. So that's why it was like a little alley-oop I gave that one to y'all. Yeah. So seven of the way through. You guys are actually up.
2: Mm, really.
1: yeah, I've At, seen this. Before. Number eight. Keep additional visual elements in mind. It's better to film wide. Chris, you agreed with it for the most part. You said you only shoot wide shots. Brian, That's you fully agreed. <laughs> and you said you don't like close ups. Your friend shoots everything too close. And I just thought it was disrespectful. So I gave it to the mystery director. What? Number nine. Uh, an esteemed colleague coined, coined the term "fusic." Chris, stupid. I think that's stupid, stupid as, as hell, <laughs> but not wrong. And then you went in to talk about how filmmaking is all the different arts combined, which, you know, great mm-hmm. point. But it, whatever. We'll see what happens. You said, Brian, you should be highly aware of every element you put into your thing. And you're annoyed by unfitting music or overly obvious music. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys both made really salient points. Um, but I gave that one to the mystery director. <laughs> so I'm seeing that Alexi can just create the tension there's, if he there's wants. There's a
2: reason that I've, so, I've
1: never won. So, I,
0: I wish we knew who this director was the whole time, though. So we could have been. That, that's how it normally is. Yeah. So uh,
1: last one. Okay. You guys actually really surprised me with this one. If someone offers you a job that compromises <laughs> your ethics, it's okay to tell them no. But another option is to demand a lot of money yep. and then saying yes is okay. It can be okay to yeah, compromise. for the greater good, right? So. Chris, you said I have mixed feelings about this. You both agreed that like when I brought up the Dick Cheney thing that you're just taking their money. Brian, you said, does this get me closer to my goal? I will also like throw one other thing in there. It's like if you demand a ton of money and they still
0: agree to you like they, they meet that demand then there might actually be the possibility of you changing the thing. If they're obviously wanting you to be a part of it so much, you might actually have the ability to steer it in a certain direction. Okay. Um, so maybe that's where their headspace was at.
1: All right. Well, um, you also said don't just do the paycheck thing because yes. ultimately that could derail you. And then Chris came in and saved it because I was about to go to the mystery director. Uh-oh. And instead, Chris came in and saved the day with his monologue, rousing monologue. He dropped the line. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism. It was Liddy. He said, I would never... Take on a project that has Mm -hmm. a lasting negative impact. Fucking round of applause for Chris and you you guys won that. So five five, it's a tie. It's the second ever time Chris has tied. Brian, you really carried him a lot of that way. And now I believe
2: you got four of the the five. If you
1: if you got the director right, yeah, you win. We would win. Okay, and here we go. I did not Macquarie. It's not Macquarie. I I know it wasn't. Is it David Fincher? It was an excellent guess, but no, it oh. was Joe Nana. Joe <laughs> Nana was the mystery director. He's our executive it. producer of oh, the okay. show. That's actually pretty funny. And, uh, he said <laughs> all of these advices. This is what he does. He makes videos about cars uh, for the internet. So, well, uh, okay. sorry I was so disrespectful <laughs> to you. Uh, there you go. So that's it. Uh, happy 150. Uh, let's get to the show. <laughs> the part of the show that everyone loves, what we learned last week. What we learned...
2: Last week, Crossy, uh, why don't you kick us off, bruh? Uh, well, I did. I did learn about the word pu- puissance. Uh, but when I first I, read it in my head, I said puissance. It's <laughs> like it's not like fish, <laughs> like in French. <laughs> um, I learned last night that uh. Billy Eilish has Tourette's. I didn't know that. Apparently, it's fairly common knowledge, but I had no idea. I didn't know. I didn't know that
1: either. Um, Our special guest asked to go last Mm -hmm. uh, because he didn't have one. No. But here's the thing. We both have really short ones this week, uh, so hopefully you got one. I learned that birds have tongues. What? Didn't know that. I thought they just had beaks. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I looked up picture bird tongue. Yeah, they ex- they exist. Birds have tongues. Yeah. Hum- does um, like I didn't think hummingbirds had tongues. I thought they just are fucking... you
2: serious? A hummingbird was the first that's one. The I whole think thing of. Yeah, that's yes, yeah. the whole thing. That's, is, they t- down that's there, the yeah. whole thing
1: about hummingbirds. They, is they have tongues. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. That <is. laughs> oh,
2: that, that's the <laughs> whole stick, thing. They uh, stick no. their tongues into the tiny the flowers while is, they do this. <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> is that they have
1: wings and they're small and that their heart beats really fast. Not that they have fucking tongues.
2: Bro, now you now now I have bird tongue in my search history. It's it's a tasty treat
1: that's fun to eat bird tongue. Um, Brian, so I'm going to I'm going
0: to do something special here since it's uh 150. Um ah. I'm going to let people be here for the moment when I learn something new. So, Alexi, yes. Tell me something I don't know.
1: All right. Um you know, okay, Scott, I had I had a couple on uh-huh. here. This one maybe you know it if you're a music fan, but I did not. You know who Irving Berlin is, a famous composer. Mm-hmm. So, Irving Berlin apparently um, I think Irving Berlin wrote like "America the Beautiful" or yeah. something. like that. I know that. people are not happy with Less America." People are not God happy with America. Bradley
0: Cooper's portrayal
1: of him. I am, I've heard that. Uh, Brett, does he play him? <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> oh shit! <sure. laughs> Why? Because he's Jewish? Uh, he's, he's actually he was born in Russia, Irving Berlin, <laughs> mm. um, and he composed a, a lot of uh, popular songs: "White Christmas," uh, "Cheek to Cheek." Uh, cheek you know, to cheek. Yeah, he 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 worked. On, he made a lot what of a great freak. songs. Here's the craziest part. Irving Berlin could only play in one key. He only knew how to play in F sharp. So he would always transpose every song that he wanted to do mm-hmm. to F sharp. And that's the only key he knew how to play in or like write in, or something like that. Hmm. Pretty insane to uh, he, he has piano uh, equipped with a transposing lever. Huh. So that would like transpose anything, I guess. But doesn't pretty, sound pretty like crazy. he was very sharp. Yeah, but that's what's <laughs> wild is that he wrote so much stuff. And he's like a prolific composer, so you can do anything you put your mind and to.
0: And he was using, using auto the whole time. That's right. Um, Brian.
1: Yes. Thank you for coming Putting on the on 150 on one show. show. Wow. Um, anything you want to plug before we get the hell out of here?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, just... Um I don't know. Keep an eye on First We Feast. Keep watching that stuff. Make sure I stay uh employed. Uh that'd be great. Um
2: But yeah, uh, yeah we're i We're mean, all struggling with that these days. There I,
0: I listen to episode uh three hundred of this is a real when I'll be returning. Uh but yeah, uh thanks Bought for having me guys. Two, three, yeah. years there, <laughs> me three, three years there. I have to do three more years. I've uh, dedicated you guys to, to three more years and dude, you know
1: Chris in his gilded cage. Gonna blast myself. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, Krusty, where can the people find us?
2: Uh, uh, we are at sizzler Yule gang on x and instagram stop i got i got actually this is this was something i wanted to ask about um, are you calling it cuz whenever i hear people calling it x and feel like they have to call it x the url is still twitter.com well so here's the thing i still call it twitter but when i go there i just press x and you know x.com yeah. autofills it used wow. to it used to just say x videos and i was like yeah <laughs> he should he should buy that one
0: next
1: <laughs> um okay so they can go to x and they should and go, go to, th- to Sizzle Real Gang. Yeah, xvideos.com.
2: They can go to xvideos.com. Search Sizzle Real Gang. Search gang and Sizzle Real will <laughs> come right up. There you go. That's it. It's all different kind of Sizzle Real uh, Gang. We're, yeah, we're at Sizzle Real Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Sizzle Real Gang at gmail.com. Send yes. us an email. Mm-hmm. We are Sizzle Real Gang, the website.com. It is new and improved. It is also a coolass.website. Yes, yes. Maybe coolasswebsite.com yeah, is also it's, ours. It's, it's all these things that we don't actually have, but maybe maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We do have Sizzle Real Gang the website. That that's guy. true. It's we're also uh, Wix site dot one two yeah. seven nine five. How five. How'd you guys, nine, guys get that about it, uh, dude. It, we had to pay like ten k. It was crazy. Yeah, uh, and uh, of line. course, <laughs> 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 wait. Well, yeah, this is a real cold line. Yes, that is three three, three, two, three two three three three, three, three forty three sixty one. Mar-mar-mar.
1: Call in, leave a message, and you might get it played on the show if it's mm-hmm. good enough. If it's yeah. not a three-minute-long rant, <laughs> just do like do like twenty seconds or ask a question or something or congratulate Chris on sitting through 150 of these. God, you know? I cannot believe it. Um, and congratulate Chris and Brian on their epic draw today against Joe Nana. Wow, yeah. what a 150 we had! And we'll see you next week for 151, the strongest episode of all. Ooh,
2: Ooh. Is lit. Beast. Bye. Shishkin Productions podcast.